Greetings, everybody. Good to be back with you again this week. Uh, I have just had a fantastic weekend. I was away with uh, some great new friends from the British Academy. If you don't know what the British Academy is, it's a really phenomenal private school in Brooklyn, South Africa, and in Neisner, South Africa, and uh, they follow the Cambridge syllabus and just do amazing things. Uh, the team that I worked with uh, was a team of the management and some of the senior teachers, and I was just so inspired by these people and how they dedicate themselves to their children, their school, um, and just dedicate themselves to quality, quality teaching. So it's it's good to see that we have some people in this country that are passionate about teaching. So I had a good weekend. I, I can go on about teaching for quite a while. Um, the people who sometimes teach our children, you know, it makes me roll my eyes and raise my eyebrows. But amongst them, there are people who are passionate. And I want to tell all the teachers out there, if you're one of those teachers who dedicate yourself uh, to I don't want to say raise, but to educate, that's the right word, to educate uh, our kids. We appreciate you. We appreciate your effort. We appreciate your dedication. All right, but we're not talking about uh, teaching and schools today. We're talking about something else. And before I get to that, let me just quickly tell you, we have a phenomenal new video out on the Media Oaks website. It's called Adam. There are actually quite a few new ones, which are really special, but I want to Today, specifically talk about a video called Adam. I want to encourage you to go and watch it, especially if ever in your walk with God, you felt that you have to put such a hell of a lot of effort in. You're getting nowhere. Ever heard the phrase, blut it a clip it top? Maybe you felt in your spiritual walk that everything you're doing is just trying to uh, get some results, but it's not happening. Your your attempts to do what you think is going to please God is just not coming off. I, I want to encourage you to go watch that video, Adam. It's on our website, uh, the Media Oaks website, not Red Oak Radio, but the Media Oaks website, themediaoaks.com. You have to put the the in themediaoaks.com you'll find it under cinematic shorts all right i've got a very interesting subject for today i find it interesting and i trust you will as well um let me start you off by saying the other day i was actually visiting the school that i just referred to the british academy and the kids had absolutely no uniforms on and i uh, I don't want to say love it or hate it. You're going to have your opinion on it, and we can argue opinions for school uniforms or against school uniforms. Uh, that's not my point here. I loved seeing the freedom and the the freedom the kids had to express themselves, and yet they're one of the top academic schools in the country. Um, so don't start with there's no discipline, etc. If you don't wear a uniform, however, I do value uh, uniforms. Um, as well, there's a, there's a time and a place for a uniform. I mean, most armies wear uniforms. Yeah? Not most. Pretty much all armies, except perhaps the Vikings. Okay, but let's, let's just consider the concept of uniforms, whether it's the army, whether it's the, the chefs at the chef school, whether it's the hotel lobby staff, whether it's 
children at school, when they wear a uniform, um, obviously the uniform is saying, this person is an ambassador, this person is an ambassador of whatever they stand for. And normally it's supposed to be associated with a sense of pride. Uh, You're proud to wear this. It's a privilege to wear this uh, because you've, you've done the work to deserve this, to earn this, to be able to say, I represent X, Y, Z. Now, sometimes it is the case that you first need to actually earn it before you can wear it. Uh, If you're a hotel staff member in a five-star hotel, you're not going to wear that uniform unless you're very well trained. Otherwise, you're going to make a big bugger up and throw the name of the hotel down the toilet. So you're not going to wear the uniform unless you've done the hard work. If you're in the military, if you protect your country, you're not going to wear that uniform and go out and fight unless you've done the hard work and make your country proud. But I do remember when I was in grade one in primary school, I was so proud to wear my uniform my first day at school. You've all taken those pictures of the first day at school, and then in fact you haven't done the hard work yet. You're you're wearing this uniform because you are going to be this proud ambassador. You're going to grow into being this proud ambassador. And it is a proud moment. It is a proud moment when you stand there and you smile and you're in grade one and you're in your classroom and and you feel, wow. And then sadly, many of those kids uh, become delinquents and they don't make anybody proud. They don't make the school proud. They don't make their parents proud. They don't make themselves proud. And others do. Here's one thing to understand. You don't transform into this ambassador because you wear the uniform. You don't. You transform because of other reasons. And if you've ever been in the army or had anything to do with the army, you'll know that you don't become a good soldier because you wear the uniform. You become a good soldier because you discipline yourself and you go and run and exercise and you get trained every day of your life and it's tough and it's hell and you think you're going to die and you stretch yourself further and you stretch yourself further and it's a hell of an effort and at the end of the day you proudly uh, present yourself worthy of wearing this uniform. So the Bible talks about this concept. It uses this metaphor in a few places. And let's just briefly look at that. I don't want to zoom in too much. Uh, But the one reference is in Colossians 3.12, where Paul tells the Colossians, he says to them, Therefore, as the elect of God, you are part of this team. All right, you're supposed to be wearing this uniform. You're part of this team. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And bear with each other and forgive complaints against each other as the Lord forgave you. And he goes on about that. So he's basically saying it's the fruit of the Spirit. He's basically saying um, you're part of this team. Um, and clothe yourselves, your uniform should be uh, these things that are the obvious fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of who you are. 
All right, and you all know that you can't you can't just um, stick fruit onto a tree, right? So a tree bears fruit because there's something right going on inside. Now, many variables, many factors, and rain and healthy. Uh, I don't know what. Um, I'm not a farmer, uh, but eventually, if you do all the things right, there's fruit coming out of this tree. It's and those fruit. The result is actually. Uh, the uniform. So if he says, clothe yourself with this, you can't stick the fruit of the Spirit onto your life. It has to come from inside. But if if the right things are going on inside, then you will bear fruit and you will be wearing this uniform. Right. Second scripture I want to refer to is, uh, that was Colossians 3, 12, and the next one is Romans 13, uh, verse 14, actually. Um, it says, let's not do all these bad things. Let's not behave indecently um, in drunkenness and sexual immorality and debauchery and dissension and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. So this is even one step further than clothing yourself with the fruit of the Spirit. He says, clothe yourself with Jesus, man. It, it's it. It's got to be Jesus who is inside of you that is also outside of you. That what people see when they look at you is Jesus, as opposed to the, the immoral desires that you might have, etc. There's this war inside of us. You know, your flesh wants to do this. But no, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus. Okay, there's obviously a sense of submission there. Lord, you've got to somehow submit yourself to the Spirit, and then what people see is is your outside. It's what you present, and you present yourself uh, with God. You're an ambassador, okay? And then very briefly, uh, Ephesians 6, the armor of God. Many people love this piece. They love making uh, big sermons about this. Uh, and put on the armor of God, uh, you know, the, the belt of truth. Remember that concept, truth. I'm coming back to that. A breastplate of righteousness, um, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, etc. But yet again, it's not going to help you to chant every morning, I have the helmet of faith on my head, or shield of faith, sorry, helmet of salvation. It's no use chanting this every morning if it's not the truth deep inside of you. And if there's a truth deep inside of you that understands your identity and understands these concepts and you stand in that, you pretty much have the armor of God on. It's not something you can fake from the outside. You can't fake this armor uniform thing. It's you, you, if you're a soldier, you've done the training. It's deep inside. Okay, and then I want us to quickly stop at Ephesians 4, verse 22, 24-ish there. It talks about the new way of life that we have uh, in Christ. And in the truth, again, the concept of truth, that is in Jesus. Um, And Paul says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Put off, take it off. Uh, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires and be made new in the attitudes of your minds. And then to put on, put it on, put on the new clothes, the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Well, did you notice I very briefly ran over a phrase there that said to be made new in the attitude of your minds? 
Put off your old self, be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to be and to put on the new self, to be created like God. And there's a very important transitional link there about being made new in the attitudes of your minds. And I know most of you who are listening to this know the concept, and you'll tell me, yes, yes, perhaps I know that. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Yeah, sure, so you know it. Let's, let's consider this for a few minutes. Because it's not so simple to transform our minds. Our minds have often been transformed uh, repetitively, numerous times, with things that are not necessarily true, with ways of thinking that is not necessarily healthy. Um, And that forms who we are. And if we say we want to constantly transform uh, ourselves, we need to transform those habitual ways of thinking. It asks for new ways of thinking about yourself, about who you are, about your identity, uh, about your ability, about your calling. It, It asks for new ways of thinking about life, about what is beautiful and what is not beautiful. Um, it's it's about new ways of thinking about principles, principles of living, principle of principles of living towards uh, people that you don't like, um, principles of of living um, in truth and righteousness and doing the right thing at the right place at the right time for the right reason. It challenges every aspect of our lives to allow ourselves to be transformed. Transformed by what? Transformed by truth. Oh, what does that mean? That is so philosophical. What is truth? What is truth? There was a very well-positioned gentleman who asked that question one day. When Jesus was on trial, Pontius Pilate asked, what is truth? Let's look at that real quick. So Pontius Pilate is challenged with a situation um, that he has Jesus on trial in front of him and he asks him some questions. He says, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus says, is that your own idea or did others talk to you about me? And Pilate says, am I a Jew? Your own people and your chief priests handed you over. What is it you've done? And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by, your, by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So Jesus is entering the concept that, remember this kingdom, this other way of thinking, another set of rules, a set of uh, uh, truths by which we live, those transformational concepts that I spoke about just now, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Oh, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus said, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on this side of truth listens to me. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, uh, he said, I am uh, the truth. All right, Jesus is, is, he is the embodiment of, of truth inside outside he wears the uniform and it's it's all true inside and then Pilate says what is truth 
And then he goes out and he says, I find no basis for a charge against him. This was too much for him. And he actually wants to release Jesus, but they wouldn't let him. They, they said, no, give us Barabbas. So Pilate is in this very sensitive situation where he's confronted with the truth of Jesus, with the truth of Jesus. And, you know, the question is, is, is transformation going to happen inside of him or, or not? You know what's the sad thing? History um, teaches us that Pilate never came to a knowledge of the truth. Um, Eusebius, a historian and a bishop of Caesarea, records that Pilate ultimately committed suicide. I never knew that. So he was confronted with the truth, but it had no impact on his life. Transformation did not happen. There's a story about a man who lived in Paris and there was a stranger from another country who came to see him and he thought he would show the stranger the magnificence of Paris. And he took him to the Louvre Museum to see some great art. And then he took him to a a concert at a majestic symphony hall to hear a great symphony orchestra play. And at the end of the day, the stranger from the other country commented that he didn't particularly like the art or the music. And then his host replied, they aren't on trial. You are. This is a fascinating story. They aren't on trial. You are. Pilate and the Jewish leaders thought they were judging Christ, when in reality they are the ones on trial. And ultimately, are you going to allow yourself to be set free? Jesus wasn't set free on this day, but nor was Pilate. There's truth out there, like there was art in that museum and that majestic symphony orchestra. And you can allow yourself to be impacted by it or not, to be transformed Or just to roll your eyes and say, that's not for me, really. And when I look at myself and look at those around me, I look at humanity, I ask the question, do we allow ourselves to be transformed by truth? Or do we just walk by? Now remember where we came from. We came from a place where I asked the question, do we allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewal of our mind? The scripture in Ephesians 4.20 says, Put off the old self, be made new in the attitude of your mind, and put on the new self, created to be like God. Jesus is our prime example, but he's more than an example. He is the embodiment of truth. He is the embodiment of his Father. He's the mirror image of his Father, as we should be the mirror image of our Father, or of Jesus. And if we allow truth to transform the attitudes of our mind, it'll play out on the fruit of the Spirit. It'll play out in every area of our lives. And we carry His Spirit. We just got to lay down some of this old stuff and allow Him to be. We need need to let go of the things we're fighting, sometimes holding on to so strongly, and just let go and allow Him to be. 
We need to habitually form new patterns of thinking, habitually um, allow our minds to embrace that which is true. And then, of course, finally, we need to believe it. And this is a very introspective journey. You know, if Pilate maybe allowed himself some silence and some separation and allowed himself to be confronted, his story might have turned out differently. I want to challenge you that you will make that time, create that space for transformation because you truly need to believe new ways of thinking about life, new principles, new thoughts. Love the neighbor. You are loved. And with that, I'm going to close today. Uh, sometimes less said is better. Today, I think I should stop at this point. I know that story of the guy who walked into the museum and listened to the music and just rolled his eyes. And his friend who told him, they're not on trial, you are. That really impacted my thinking putting the focus back on myself and saying, you know what, Flaps, you are the focus point. You are the one that should be transformed. The truth is out there. Um, Are you going to allow it or are you going to proudly roll your eyes and say, I don't need that? I know I want to allow it. I want to allow transformation in my life constantly. I challenge you to do the same. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to Red Oak Radio. Those of you who tuned in on the live stream, those of you who joined us on Polished Arrow, uh, my podcast on SoundCloud, uh, thanks for listening, downloading, stay connected and share. If you like what you hear, please share. Tell people about what's happening. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Goodbye.